welcome everybody to another edition of the Split Division podcast. I'll be your host tonight, Eli Berkovitz. I am here with Jared with the Vikings, Gerbs with the Lions, and once again, AJ filling in for Max, covering the Bears. AJ gets to come in just, just the best week possible for all Bears fans. So I'm sure he's really excited to make another appearance on the Split Division podcast after Sunday's game. But before we get to the games, uh, we big news out of the NFC North, and that starts in Detroit. So I'm going to let Gerbs kick it off right here and just, I mean, I can't imagine the elation and excitement. I mean, it was kind of like what I felt in 2018 when McCarthy, and look, McCarthy's way better than Patricia, but I had that feeling, and I'm sure you had a similar one. So how do you feel about them getting rid of Patricia and their GM, Bob Quinn? Yeah, so uh, to put it this way, I was out with some family having a drink, like, outside patio, no worries, COVID <laughs> safe, but, like, I was already, like, I just got my beer, and then my phone pings with that, and I just knocked it back. I was, like, I was, like, I literally shouted out, like, I was in the Detroit area for Thanksgiving, a lot of other people at the at this place, like, as, you know, I look at it, and all of a sudden all their phones ping, and it was like a mini celebration there. So um, it, was, it was beautiful. I mean, I've, I've never seen a group of people that excited about anything Detroit Lions-related, at least. So, um, I mean, yeah, what? Okay, so Patricia very clearly needed to go, and he should have... I don't even know like the words to say about it. Cause like hiring him seemed su- like such a great idea at the time. And like anything that you say seemed like such a great idea at the time, it was terrible. Like it turns out awful. And so like, yeah, just in hindsight, terrible signing, but I mean, he was supposed to come in and fix the defense. That was our thing. Detroit was a defense away from anything good happening. Um, and we bring him, and our our record, he had 13 wins in his two and a half seasons, or over two and a half seasons in Detroit, almost three seasons. 13 wins to show for this whole, and a tie, 13 wins and a tie to show for all this, where it's like the worst statistical defense Detroit's had. The offense has just stalled out. He brought in all his guys, and like, unfortunately, it falls back on Bob Quinn, who albeit was a pretty solid general manager, but, you know, he hired Patricia, brought in his Patriots guys, and even though Quinn, overall, he's made a lot of good trades for Detroit, his draft picks, for the most part, have turned out pretty solid. It just, you know, it you get rid of the head coach, it's just time for a full clearing of house, and that's where Quinn's gone, and I can see some guys being gone after that. Daryl Bevel's now the new offensive coordinator, so there's some interesting stuff there. I mean, he was never terrible with the Vikings or the Seahawks. Is he so. interim head coach? Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, he's the new interim head coach. He's been our OC. He's the new interim. Uh, I was kind of hoping for our special teams coordinator, but he's a first-year coordinator, so that would have probably been a, a terrible thing. But um, and, you know, there's like eight players in the Lions who are older than him. But, you know, still, I, w- I would have wanted to see that. But, you know, Bevel, I think, might do well. But, man, like, I mean, just to put it this way, seeing Patricia leave and immediately checking Twitter, the former Lions players who just immediately started airing out all the dirty laundry of everything that's happened, like, um, who is it? Uh, on the Rams, our former second-round pick, Ashawn Robinson, uh, he's on the Rams now, and he literally said that Patricia threatened to end his career. Like, <laughs> while they're, you know, I'm like, that's not what coaches, coaches shouldn't be threatening players. Like, it's it's like a teacher. Like, coaches are there to support your players, help them learn. Not like, yeah, you got to be tough. But, like, yeah, threatening to end a dude's career is not, you know, a second-round pick for our team who's one of our best defensive linemen or, you know, chasing Darius Slay and Quandre Diggs out of town. And Bolton he should have been fired right there to get to, to lose your basically your best player because you're such a dumbass. Yeah. I mean just, he like there were reports like I forgot which player said it, but like Patricia called them an effing C word at practice one time because like of like a simple like slip up. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not what you yeah. do as a coach. Like No, but I was cool, reading you lost like, the locker room. He came in as if he was already Bill Belichick and he had six rings on his finger like it was him. In reality, look, he might have been a good D coordinator, but Bill Belichick is based around defense and he called those plays for the Patriots and 
Patricia was a part of it, but clearly he was not head coach material. And if I were a Lion fan, I think my lucky stars every day I'm not. But if I was, I'd be excited to be rid of Patricia. And let's just do real quick one name, Gervs. Who's your top candidate off the top of your head? Um, well, it's got to be uh, Bienemy from yeah. uh, the Chiefs. I mean, like, if not, I know, I know, going like defensive guys have been bad, but like Sala Sala, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Robert the Forty Sala, Sala yeah. yeah, the Forty Niners defensive coordinator is a solid guy. Who I mean, like, when if Richard Fire Sherman is singing your praises, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. want you on my no, team. I just think Robert Sala would be a great head coach because he just is fiery as hell and will motivate yeah. the shit out of his guys. So I mean, yeah, again, like Richard Sherman is the guy who's been like his biggest supporter yeah. in San Francisco. And that's how, you know, he's a good guy. Yeah. No, but Sal- I mean, I, I got to oh. go with the chiefs OC though. I mean, the enemy hasn't done a lot of the play calling. It's still a lot of read stuff, but yeah, he's a, he's a big part of it. And yeah, yeah, he'll be a coach. He better be a coach this upcoming year or there's a problem in the NFL. But yeah, for sure. so that, that basically covers the lions news. Obviously big news. Once again, Matt, Patricia, Bob Quinn out Best of the trophy ever early Christmas this year, <laughs> even after a brutal Thanksgiving loss, he could not be happier. And then the other semi big news of the week in the NFC North is the Packers signing kick returner slash receiver Tavon Austin, who former first round pick, you know, clearly did not live up to those expectations. But for a Packers team right now who ranks one of the worst in the league in special teams, to get Tavon Austin in that position would be huge. And also Matt LaFleur's offense is predicated on motion and gadget plays. And that's all the kind of stuff Tavon Austin has been successful with in his career. So of all the places he could have landed, I think he fits the Green Bay offense really well. And there's a huge need on special teams. So I'm very excited about Tavon Austin coming to the Packers. I know he has not done anything in a couple of years, but I still think it's an upgrade and I'm excited about it. But now let's get to last week's game. So we had one on Thanksgiving and then two on Sunday. So let's start. We just had Gerbs talk about the Lions. So let's start with Jared and the Vikings. Uh, wild comeback win. Uh, complete absurdity. The Panthers doing everything physically possible to lose that game. But please, justify how the Vikings won this game. <laughs> well, you say that the Panthers did everything to, possible to lose, but the Vikings also did everything possible to lose and somehow still pull it off. Um, like, you, at the end of the game, you have Chad Beebe fumble, and I thought it was over right there. I, I'm like, they, there's no way that they don't either drain the clock way down to where there's, like, 30 seconds left, or um, they don't just punch it in. They're, what, like, they were, like, eight yards out or something. It was ridiculous. I mean, when I, once I saw that muff punt, I'm like, okay, game over. Like, I didn't even go back to the Vikings game until yeah. there was, like, 10 seconds left. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the defense was able to come up with a stop. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had a terrible throw on third down in the end zone to wide open DJ Moore that actually ended up getting him injured. Um, but yeah, I mean, the last drive was awesome because you saw, uh, Kirk was hitting everyone that last drive. I think, uh, BC and, uh, Justin Jefferson, of course, and even the guy who almost blew the game for us, uh, Chad Beebe ended up catching the game winning touchdown. Um, doesn't make up for him almost losing that game, but it was definitely a big thing, and it's definitely going to keep him on the team a little bit longer, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but th- So they, they benched K.J. Osborne this past week, which I had been hoping for because he moves like a, a defensive lineman trying to return a ball um, and, you know, 13 punt return yards on seven returns throughout the entire season is less than good. Uh so definitely was happy to see that, but then you see KJ Osborne is the guy, uh, or um, Chad Beebe is the guy that replaces him and almost blows the game. So it's like, what do you do at this point? I was like, I was saying, please sign Tavon Austin because at least he can stand back there and catch punts. Uh, but then of course he signs with the Packers. Um, got him. We got him. <laughs> but uh, the Rundy actually, it, it was ugly the whole. It looked ugly the whole game. But it turns out that uh, Carolina actually averaged less than four yards a rush, which is really good, especially for the Vikings defense this year. 
Um, Eric Kendricks with another interception that brings him up to three in the last four games. Uh, he has to put that in perspective. Hit every single other season throughout his career, uh, he's had a total of four interceptions his entire career, and he got three in the last four games. So um, he's almost I doubled. Because he's so good in coverage, I would have thought he would yeah. have had more. Yeah, he, uh, he gets but, hand, he gets his hands on balls a lot, but he doesn't uh, intercept it a lot. Uh, but I mean, at this point, I, I I don't know. I can't think of any uh, coverage linebacker, middle linebacker that you could put in the same tier as Eric Kendricks right now. He's playing uh, absolutely amazing. Burks on the Packers, please. I think he has four tackles this year. Come on. Wow. <laughs> There maybe you like Roquan Smith, maybe like I don't know. <laughs> Roquan, How about you no, know those Lions linebackers? Can't deal, do anything. No. Yeah, I saw Jared Davis actually did something on Thursday, but uh, um, kind of. I mean, when we I, did our, I think he had. Sorry, I just when we were. I don't know if Jared, you. I know you did some of the position rankings. I think preseason, but when we did the middle linebacker group, I think everyone unanimously had Kendricks at the top because he is yeah. that. That's for sure. So yeah, Vikings really get the win. So you guys are now at what is it, six and five? Five and six. Five and six. We so, are a we are a um, Arizona Cardinals loss and Vikings win away from a playoff spot right now. Okay, so two questions. Number one, we're on a scale of one to ten. Is your confidence level that you could squeak into the playoffs? Regard, uh, I guess, considering the rest of your schedule, which, if I'm not mistaken, I believe is pretty easy. It so our le- rest of the schedule is um, they got Jacksonville and then Tampa Bay, then New Orleans, then oh, Chicago, then Detroit. So, um, I mean, I'm at probably a five right now, just because, especially with Tampa Bay, you never know what team is going to show up. Like, you could get the team that showed up this last weekend. You could get the team that showed up against New Orleans a few weeks ago. Um, and the Vikings could definitely beat a team like that. Um, and then Jacksonville, you know, they should better they better beat Jacksonville. They better beat Chicago. They better beat Detroit. Um, New Orleans, you know, you know how it went last time they played New Orleans. But um, you never know. So I've got to I'd be at like a five right now just because um, you also need teams to lose games. Yeah. So but, but so let me ask you this, though. I mean, it's always nice to see your team win, especially in crazy comeback fashion and all that. But and I could ask the same question really to all three of you. I mean, let's be real. I don't think any of the, you know, the Vikings, Lions or Bears in any way are true Super Bowl contenders. And with each of these surprising <laughs> wins that any of you guys pull off, just realistically, you know, you're pushing yourself further down in draft position. And and again, I'm not trying to make that sound like negative because the Vikings are in the hunt and they should try to win. And and the Bears, you could say the same. But but again, like I guess I'm thinking this because look at the the Giants. The Giants dropped from six to nineteen by beating the Bengals on Sunday. Like if I'm a Giants fan, I'm oh, six and I stop. It's like, like you're not going anywhere and you just dropped thirteen spots because you beat the like I got it, fine, you're gonna beat the Bengals. The Bengals suck, but in my head, like, is there a part of you that is like considering your realistic shot at a Super Bowl, would you rather get a better draft pick if it means kind of Losing not out, but just kind of losing the most of the rest of the way. Nope. Um, I always, I always want to win. Always want to take a look. That's that's a real fan. You know, two years ago when the Packers uh, had a losing season, Rodgers got hurt. They won a game that put them from the eighth pick to the twelfth pick, and it was an overtime game. Rodgers threw a game-winning touchdown, and it was amazing and it was fun. And all these fans are crying about it. We just lost four spots, but I was happy. You know, it was fun to see them win. So I get where you're coming from, but now let's get to the Lions because that's just hilarious. It should be pretty quick. I mean, Thursday, Thanksgiving, I don't know why the NFL continues to torture Lions fans and NFL fans by putting the Lions in prime time. I mean, every every Thanksgiving, but I mean, yeah, Max, I I guess sum up the performance. You got to see a man lose his job in real time. It was beautiful. I mean, that's that's what that game was all about, was, like, what a perfect matchup. Like, if this was any other matchup that could make the Lions somewhat competitive, like they have been, at least for most of the season, you know, the Lions could have pulled ahead on Thanksgiving, and all of a sudden, you know, Matt Patricia has a job. But no, we got spanked on national television. On you know the most historic football game 
you know, outside of the Super Bowl, the Thanksgiving Day game, and the Lions lose 41 to 25. And yeah, like the, I don't even know where to begin with this game because like, so here's Matt Patricia. His job is on the line. He knows this. He his seat is on fire. His world is on fire as he's going into this game. And they open this game with the same plays that we've done in every game. Two runs up the gut with Adrian Peterson for no gain. Again, and it's just like I'm like how how many times do we have to do this? Like we have Carry on Johnson and you're using Peterson for this. But then, I mean, just this was, and then all of a sudden we're running all these trick plays. Like, cool, we did like a double flea flicker or something. And we had Jamal Agnew attempt, you know, our former nickel cornerback turned wide receiver and running back attempted a pass to Stafford that Stafford dropped. Like, you know, like there was, there was a lot of interesting stuff in this game, but then like some of the play calling, like we're on a goal line stand just you know, just to get something on the board. And we run a draw with our fullback for it's like three yards to the goal line. And we run a fullback draw with our former linebacker turned fullback. Like the guy's not like a true running back, you know, and he's just big. He's meant for blocking. He's not meant for running. So what does that make you feel about Bevel going forward as interim head coach if he's calling these plays? You know, that's the thing. I don't know how well, – that's the problem is the Lions, especially under Patricia, he has that Belichick thing of, like, you know, you don't know anything going on behind the scenes. You don't know, like, who's calling the plays. So, like, I'm going to see if Bevel is head coach. That's probably going to mean that our quarterback's coach uh, – gosh, Sean Ryan, I want to say his name is. But our quarterback's coach is going to come in and probably be the interim O.C., and hopefully, and he and Stafford have been on the same page forever. So hopefully he starts being able to call some plays. But apparently Stafford is heated and hopefully this... Uh, heated this, about what specifically? Just the overall performance of a joke of a franchise? Yeah, so he's he's he wants to, he really wants, he's not, right now he said his focus is on just playing his best for the rest, of, like really just putting out for the rest of this season. So I think... Like, he's angry, and we've seen what happens when Stafford plays angry. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Continue but, the playoffs. Yeah, we've yeah, seen Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, overall, the, like, this game was just so so many blunders of, like, okay, finally, we'll start trying to change things up. We use a backup running back, and he fumbles, you know? Jonathan Williams said one carry for five yards, and he fumbled the ball as he was falling, you know, as he was getting tackled. And then, you know, we bring Mohamed Sanu up from the practice squad, and he's immediately our best receiver. Yo, he made me 150 bucks. I put down money that he would be the next touchdown scorer on FanDuel, <laughs> and he caught that long touchdown. I put down three bucks. I made 150. Yeah, in the, in the second half, he had four receptions for 32 yards and yeah. a touchdown. I and it's like that Stafford would look for him. So that's why I did it. But yeah. And you know, it's crazy. Cause like we've had him on the practice squad for a few weeks now. And it's like, okay, we have the literal perfect replacement for Kenny Galladay and we haven't used him till the second half of Thanksgiving. But I mean, yeah, the rest of this game was just nothing but drops, like just blown coverages, like guys who like, I mean, this is the story of the lions all the time. It's you'll see a dude hit a quarterback, hit the quarterback. And then the quarterback's still standing and our guy's laying on the ground. And I'm like, how did this happen? And that just, yeah. And so like, yeah, Jared Davis and Everson Griffin combined for a sack and then Nick Williams got a sack, but like nothing about this game was pretty at all. I mean, it was just the worst. I mean, one of the worst games for a lot of the players on the lions, our corners were just I mean, Burt every time. Our punter, who's, like, on track to be, like, the best. I mean, right now he's still the best punter in the NFL, but he had his worst game. His, I mean, his net average was 46 yards a punt, and he still had two out of his three inside the 20, and the other one was a touchback. That's his worst game. Like, a lot of our... Best player. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of our guys are just playing terrible right now, and it's, I mean, and you know, Stafford just, he threw a bad pick. He only had one touchdown, still had 295 yards, but on 42 attempts and only 28 completions. So 
we'll see how things go, and we'll talk about that later, about the uh, next week's game and what I'm expecting. But, I mean, just what an embarrassment for the Lions to lose like that on national TV again. You know, we've lost so many Thanksgiving games in a row. I think this is our third one in a row we've lost. But also, I can't be too mad because Matt Patricia's gone. Yeah. <laughs> just Look, the silver lining is there, that's for sure. Exactly. Yeah, so the Lions, bad loss, but you get a win in a sense by getting rid of Patricia and Quinn. And uh, before we get to the Packers-Bears, which will obviously be very, very fun, quick piece of uh, breaking news, actually. Adam Schefter, Baltimore's team flight is leaving. Game is still on, but the Ravens did have two more positives today. It is thought to be one player, one staff, and in the words of the source, quote-unquote, not unexpected and not a concern for the game. So doesn't seem like they've contained it, but they're still playing. So I'm sure that this is going to go hey, swimming. We got a game without Wednesday quarterbacks on teams. So. Yeah, by the way, Wednesday afternoon. We're talking 2.40 on a Wednesday. What the hell is that? That is So I get off work and immediately get to watch this game. Yeah, yeah that's no, me too. <laughs> I'm excited, actually. Look, I love some afternoon football, but I think it's because something about the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting, you're moving a football game because they're lighting a tree, whatever. I'm not... I'm not going to get involved in that because I have something a lot more exciting I mean, to get We to. just saw a Denver versus Saints game where both teams technically didn't really play a yeah. true quarterback. <laughs> so, you know, we, who knows called. what we'll see. They should have just called it at half, honestly. It was kind of sad. But I, I was so excited to watch that. And then I immediately, like, after the first drive, I'm like, why did I want to watch this? Yeah. I just <laughs> wanted to see history be made with no quarterbacks on the I field. I wanted to see if he'd do good. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping he would, but unfortunately he didn't. But, yeah, so Sunday Night Football, guys, prime time, biggest rivalry probably in sports history, let alone football. Packers-Bears, 41-25, to Packers win. Aaron Rodgers, over 210 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, and it wasn't as close as the score even indicates. And fun fact, this is the 100th time the Packers have beaten the Bears in their illustrious history. So 100 times we officially own you as a franchise. So, AJ, I will give you the floor to defend yourself and your team after what was, I mean, kind of in the words of Matt Nagy, an embarrassing performance and a performance by a team that looks to have given up. So you want me... To defend this franchise, I mean, try. If you can't defend <laughs> okay. it. You can go on the. Uh, you could go on the offensive too. I'm all for it. So okay, I'm going on. We the love bear slanders. Oh, bear slander here. Right, so. You got it. You got bears it. Bears I don't, I don't always care welcome. about bears fans. Yo, <laughs> yeah. check it, guys. Love Trust it. Me, I, I gotta get a sip of this. <laughs> Cheers. All right, so check this out. Cheers, man. <laughs> Matt Nagy has lost the locker room, man. Like it's over. And the first 10 weeks, what you saw is you saw a defense that actually gave a shit about football. But when their leader on the defense goes down, like guys like Hakeem Hicks, say if Khalil Mack went down, say if a Roquan Smith went down. But in this situation, a guy like Hakeem Hicks goes down, the guy that's your run stopper. And either way, if Hakeem Hicks played or not, this game was going to be difficult. But without him, obviously, you have no run support. But it doesn't help when our defensive coordinator rushes three against one of the best pass rushers in this game. And like I said on my other podcast, um, Aaron Rodgers on his knees can see the field better than any quarterback on this, in this league. I like that. All right. <laughs> and and like um, I'm not done yet. There's a couple of things too. Like you know, I think the person that picked Trubisky two overall. He needs to hit the can. He needs to go, right? If you can't admit your mistake on picking the right person in the draft, you cannot be a GM in this league. There's a, there's, like, not a lot of people admit their mistakes at the executive role, right? But Arizona did, Arizona did that. Steve Kim, Steve Kim did that, and that was the reason why he was able to keep that job of his. Yeah. But now he has Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, right? But then 
you have Ryan Pace in Chicago who hasn't like held a press conference after this game 